0: Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. This is a STS special, Surviving My Biggest Case. Here's your host, Emmy Award-winning
1: journalist, Joel Waldman.
2: What's up, STS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you... The very best guests in true crime, and sometimes the best guests in some other mysterious areas. Uh, tonight, this is true. True crime intersects with the extraterrestrial world. There is an intersection and nexus of sorts, and we'll explain why. You've seen the man with Cleveland, the land written behind him. He is world-renowned crime reconstructionist Scott Roder. Uh, He says uh, the evidence that he examined related to that Las Vegas backyard alien sighting where neighbors say they recently saw a UAP crash. And and as I said, large aliens emerged from the scene. Uh, He can prove that extraterrestrials were in fact there. Maybe not prove it, but he can uh, explain why he believes that they were there. Uh, All this, of course, begging the question do you believe? And we've got an amazing panel to discuss this. Scott Roder, he is founder of The Evidence Room. Uh, he is, as I said, an internationally recognized evidence specialist who's consulted over 1,500 cases since 2001. Uh, he testified at the world-famous Oscar Pistorius trial. Uh, and uh, we just had him on to discuss Uh, The details of that uh, on a a special new series called Surviving My Biggest Case, bringing in here uh, Ron James, another guest. Before we get to him, uh, by the way, Scott is host of the podcast Crime Scene Time Machine. And uh, Dr. Michael Shermer, the man in the middle, uh, he is the founding publisher of Skeptic Magazine, the host of the podcast, The Michael Shermer Show. And a presidential fellow at Chapman University, where he teaches skepticism 101. Sounds like something my mother would teach. Uh, for <laughs> years, he was a monthly columnist for Scientific American. He writes a weekly Substack column. He's the author of the New York Times bestsellers, Why People Believe Weird Things and The Believing Brain, among many others. Next up, you've got Paige Fox. She was selected as a rising star by super lawyers, an honor earned by only two and a half percent of the top attorneys in Illinois, 40 years old or younger, who have been practicing for 10 years or less. She gained this recognition through professional achievement and hard work. She is working actively as well to help prove to the general public that this stuff, meaning the UAP stuff, is not only real. Its implications are profoundly connected to our everyday lives. And last but not least, I hope he's with us. We've got Ron James. You hear me, Ron? Yes. Awesome. Ron James is a filmmaker, an on-camera personality, a writer, editor, researcher, content creator, entrepreneur. He's also the director of media relations for MUFON, which stands for Mutual UFO Network. And he uh, just released not long ago his newest film called Accidental Truth. Without further ado, let's get this cracking real quickly. You can follow us on Facebook, Insta, we are at Surviving the Survivor, Twitter, where I post show times, we are at Podcast STS. You can support us at Patreon and also on YouTube. The merch store, I was getting emails today. The merch store is wide open for business, so help yourselves. Um, Before we get into this, Michael Shermer, um, how did you get interested in telling the other panel members that whatever they're saying is not true? How did that come to be?
1: (laughs) That's quite the opening. Well, okay. So first of all, I I never tell anybody that, that what they're saying is not true until I hear what they have to say. That would not be skepticism. That would be nihilism or cynicism. You know, Skeptic, this is the magazine I publish. Here's what it looks like. There we go. Latest issue on energy matters. I didn't know. Um, still, I didn't know they still had magazines, Michael. Oh I my know. god, it's physical. It's actually a physical <laughs> magazine. Yeah, that's I right. love that. Not very
3: environmental. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so anyway, um, I mean, skepticism is just a position you take uh, where you ask for evidence and and you go through the process of evaluating evidence. How do you know who we should believe or what we should believe? You know, knowledge is defined as justified true belief or what constitutes justified. In science may not be the same as in criminal justice or journalism or any of the other social institutions we have in which we have to make a decision about what we believe for public policy or whatever. So our our position is that you know we should use the best tools we have of empirical science and rationality. Things like Bayesian reasoning and signal detection theory and statistical detection theory and any ways of testing hypotheses, you know, randomized controlled trials for medical uh, experiments, things like that to determine what we should believe about whatever. So in the case of the UAPs, um, it's an interesting phenomenon because I've been tracking, well, what used to be called UFOs, uh, you know, for over 30 years. This is something we we publish a lot about in Skeptic because these claims that... You're hearing now that, you know, for a lot of people, this is the first time they've ever heard about this sort of thing. There's nothing new here. We've been hearing about, you know, these sightings and, and uh, we've been seeing, you know, uh, grainy videos and blurry photographs for decades, really, since the 19, late 1940s. And uh, still we have no concrete evidence. There's lots and lots of anecdotes and lots and lots of pieces of evidence here and there, but not enough to convince most scientists that you know we now know we are not alone we do not know that we do not know that extraterrestrial intelligences have visited earth for that matter we don't know that they're they're even out there although i suspect that it's very unlikely we're alone in the cosmos but that's a different question than than the one have they come here and then one final bit um one, one of the famous sayings in skepticism is is the ECRI principle, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. So, you know, if I, if I give you an ordinary claim, like today I, uh, I took the 101 freeway and got off at the, uh, at the 154 exit to come to my office here in Santa Barbara, you, you could pretty much just take my word for it and, and believe me. But if I said, you know, at the intersection of the 154 and the 101, a bright light hovered over my car and abducted me into the mothership and took me off to the Pleiades where I talked to the aliens about global warming and nuclear weapons or whatever, you know, you, you would not just take my word for that. You would actually need more evidence for that. So ordinary claims only need ordinary evidence. Extraordinary claims need extraordinary evidence. And everybody in this conversation agrees that the discovery that we're not alone, that we have been visited by extraterrestrial intelligences, much less that we have their spaceships and their bodies, would be probably the most extraordinary discovery in the history of not just science, but the history of all humanity. So the evidence really needs to be commensurate with that. And it's just not, not yet anyway.
2: I will make the extraordinary claim that we are the future. Our podcast, as you can tell here, they're watching tomorrow in New Zealand, in a wintry uh, New Zealand uh, page to you. Um, I will never spell your name without an I, I knew that, I really <laughs> Thank you. It, spelled, spelled it without one. Um, you come, uh, from a different, you know, background, different angle on this. You're an attorney. Um, what piqued, uh, your interest in, uh, this extraterrestrial world?
4: Um, uh, so really I just got involved as of October of last year. Um, before that I was very involved in true crime. That's really all I listened to in terms of podcasts. Um anything. And I came across the unsolved mysteries episode, uh, the new unsolved mysteries, it's called somewhere in the sky. And it's basically about a mass sighting in Michigan.
0: Um
4: And so from my perspective, when I saw that, and there were over 300 911 calls from over 42 different counties, um, my first thought was, wow, that's a lot of evidence. Because, for, you know, and it it instantly peaked my attention from there because you don't have, there's, there's no situation. I mean, I can't imagine any true crime case or any other legal case where you have 300 eyewitnesses or 300 911 calls yeah, that's recorded oh, um, and radar evidence. And somebody's saying it's not enough evidence for something to exist. So when I saw yeah. that, my first thought was, wow, <laughs> like there is enough out there. I wonder what's out there. And that's when I, really started digging and realized that there's not just one mass sighting event that occurred. Um, There's multiple, there's numerous, there's a lot and there's a bunch of other reasons um, and a bunch of other evidence that exists out there in my opinion. Um, So again, the more I looked into it, the the more I couldn't stop looking into it.
2: And Scott follows a similar vein in terms of following the actual evidence because he's a crime scene guy. Um, are you working? I mean, you have an, your own law firm, but are you working in any capacity in terms of UAPs with a company or, or, so, or, or an organization, I should say?
4: So as of April of this year, um, I reached out. I was watching, again, another documentary, and it was just the amount of evidence that seemed to be piling up, in my opinion, um, was it caught my attention to the point where I reached out to Dr. Steven Greer and uh, Danny Sheehan attorney, Danny Sheehan about this kind of saying, look, like all of this stuff is out there. There's these, you know, this new whistleblower law that's been passed in December, all of these different things that have have happened. Has anybody ever thought about getting a group of attorneys together to push this stuff forward? Because there were just so many different legal implications I saw in all of it. Um, And so I sent that email out one day and really didn't expect to hear back from anybody. Um, and I heard back from both of them. Um, and I talked with Danny Sheehan for a good time or a good while. And then, and right now I'm working with attorney Derek Garcia from New Mexico. Him and I are working on getting a group of volunteers together, a group of attorney volunteers and other legal volunteers together. Um, to basically push forward disclosure in one aspect. And the other one is to work on RICO matters, which uh, Derek has been doing announcements about and stuff. Um, But yeah, taking legal action in court. So that is as of April. We um, now have over 180 volunteers that have reached out so far who are interested in joining the team. Um, So yeah, that's the capacity we're in so far.
2: Hopefully the aliens aren't uh, racketeering yet with a research <laughs> uh, Ron hey, James, hey,
4: about
2: <laughs> Ron James, are you coming to us tonight from Roswell, New Mexico? Is that correct? In Roswell, right
0: now they just wrapped, uh, how Ron,
2: was sometimes. how was the conference? What was what was you know? Give us uh, give us the headline from the conference in Roswell, New Mexico. For those who don't know, there was a big uh, confidence in uh, in UFO Central this weekend. What, what's the headline out of there, Ron?
0: Oh, just the usual suspects gathering together. Um, I came because my movie was selected by their film festival, so, um, and I have to go to the dinner in like two minutes. But um, the uh, it's really interesting to meet you, Paige, uh, because MUFON, you know, we're the Mutual UFO Network. It's the oldest and largest organization studying the topic, and we're dedicated to the scientific understanding of the UFO phenomenon for the benefit of humanity. And we've been trying to do something very similar to what you're doing and putting together a group of attorneys that are willing to help represent these whistleblowers. And we've been very instrumental in Washington, D.C., getting some of this legislation through. We worked uh, on the, on this particular legislation. We had some, um, some actual effects that we were able to put into the law before it got finalized, working with Gillibrand and um, uh, the rest of them, Gallagher, and... Um, uh, Andre Carson, among others. Um, so we got some of the language changed in that to make it a little easier to, to work with. And my new movie, Accidental Truth, I'd be really interested in the Skeptic Magazine review of that film. I did the best I could to lay out the case for the crash retrievals and the, um, the existence of materials and the existence of a secret program studying the technology. And this film is laid out just as if I was an attorney making the case to the jury. And it's been, um, it's won 14 awards so far. It's been narrated by Matthew Modine, and it's been in the top 10 on the Apple Documentary Charts since it came out. April, 8th. So I, it definitely required reading for anybody that wants to be brought up to speed on the topic. And, and Ron, I'm,
2: where can we, Ron, where can we find uh, Accidental Truth?
0: It's on all the rental platforms: Amazon Prime, Apple iTunes, um, the Red Box. You know, all the all the basic places where you can rent a movie online. Um, this weekend for, and I'm not trying to advertise the movie, but we do have it on special for National UFO Day. Um, uh, yeah.
2: No, by I, the way, I By the way, happy National UFO Day to everyone. I had no idea, but uh, yeah. Like
0: tomorrow. Um,
2: yeah. Um, Ron, did I hear you right? Are you gonna have to jump in a minute? Did you
0: say? Yeah, I have to. They're having the award ceremony for the film festival, and they told me I should be there. So.
2: Okay, so uh, I'm gonna continue. When you have to go, you just hop off. Okay.
0: Uh, we, we're also. I'm the media relations director for Mufon, so I work with all the people
1: that want access. To- <laughs> Is that yep, it? That's it. All right. I will watch that tonight and give you my give you my review. <laughs> you can send me Ron
0: James contact. Three bucks. Right.
1: That's cheap. I, I,
4: I, and I would <laughs> love to talk more. I would love to talk more about. Um, talking about the attorney project and everything, too.
0: Yes, yeah, so you're included in an email chain, so I have your contact. and yep. I'd love to reach out to you and have that conversation. I, um, the, I, I believe in healthy skepticism. I'm not a tinfoil hat person. Um, <laughs> the, the film that I put out is is very, um, it, it, it's all evidence-based with actual government documents. You know, we have a Freedom of Information Act requests response that admits that they have material from crashed UFOs, and and that that's where it came from. And it also has pages and pages of reports about these materials, speculating what they might be capable of. And this came straight from the Defense Intelligence Agency. So we 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 put that in the film. The stuff that you're hearing from David Grush and everything else, this is going to come out and be proven to be fact. <laughs> in in our lifetime, probably sooner than later. I know a lot about what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now, and I can tell you that what Rush said is absolutely true and that it is going to be made public in the not-too-distant future. So the people that have ridiculed this story, um, all the way from something strange happening here in Roswell, through secret programs to reverse engineer non-human technology, Materials that we've recovered from these crafts that have led to technological breakthroughs the people that have pooed this for all these years um, Are going to be on the wrong side of history very soon, and you cannot uh, I, I I have that on very good um, Authority and my film bro- kind of broke the ice all the people that are making the headlines right now are in my film making these revelations and it's almost like the, the headlines were ripped from this documentary It's, it, it's incredible to watch it unfolding Um, and I, and I've been told by a lot of people that this film was one of the things that made them realize they don't have anywhere to run anymore.
2: Uh, the movie is The Accidental Truth. You heard you can find it, uh, on Amazon Prime, anywhere else you, uh, watch movies. Um, you know, check it out. Uh, it is all the rage right now. The topic of UFOs, aliens, UAP, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Scott Roter to you. And again, um, Ron, whenever you have to let, you know, get going, you just let us know. Okay. Uh, Ron's out of here. I actually have a, a line into Dan Zetterstrom, who's joined us before, so he may hop on to replace uh, Ron. We will see. But there is news, <laughs> and uh, Scott. Yes, um, I know that.
3: Uh, well, first thing I'd like to uh, to modify the headline: uh, "Aliens Crash in Las Vegas," according to famous. Well, I don't know about that. Crash <laughs> reconstruction, Scott Roder. I don't know if aliens landed in Las Vegas, but what I do know is that after and maybe I should do like how I got into the UFOs like everybody else did. Yeah, so let's, let's do really that. Did, uh, take I a half really step back.
2: How did you yeah. get interested? Because you're a crime scene uh guy right. from, from the true crime world. How did you pivot? And there's other news as well. We'll we'll jump around and get to yeah. uh the places we need to be, but how did you get into this world?
3: Sure. Um well uh I started when I worked on the Oscar Pistorius case, I met uh, Australian journalist Ross Colehart and we became friends over the years. Uh, it's, it's been about nine years now. Uh, uh, he's had me uh, do shooting scene and crime scene and suicide reconstructions for cases in Australia. So we've maintained that relationship over the nine years and worked on several real life homicide cases uh, where we tried to affect justice where, um, you know, justice hadn't been done yet. Just kind of, uh, in our area of expertise. And we continue to do that. Uh, a lot of people don't know Ross is at, he's an investigative journalist in the crime world. That's his first uh, uh, thing. And then this UFO thing came up with him. He started it as a project, wrote his book, did the documentary. Now he's got the, 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 the whistleblower guy. Uh, and so over the years, he kind of, you know, was in my ear about it and I started to perk up some rabbit ears. And one time about, I guess about eight years ago, I went to Dallas, Texas, And uh, being a shooting scene reconstructionist, of course, I'm going to reconstruct the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And uh, I think most crime experts, uh, similarly situated as myself, uh, believe that that was a conspiracy. There was multiple shooters. Uh, That is a fact. Um, And uh, uh, I don't think anybody can make a reasonable argument against me if they would like to make that argument. Happy to have a separate show about that, I Michael, Michael Shermer. Okay. All you have, all you have <laughs> to do, Mister Shermer, is look at the Warren Commission, and I you'll did. realize what a crock of crap <laughs> no, that I'm, was that they I tried did.
2: to force me. I don't want. I don't done. want to go. to go. This is a okay. nine, this is a separate nine hour show. But Michael, right. very quickly, um, that's obviously one of the biggest you know conspiracy theories in the world. The JFK is not a theory at reason. all.
3: It's a fact,
2: but, hmm. um, Michael. Your quick uh, quick response to want JFK. Uh, Yeah, just on JFK, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, so, um, Oswald was uh, put on trial. Vincent Bogliosi uh convicted him, and the jury uh returned a verdict of guilty. And there was no one else uh, charged within an hour. That's ridiculous. Um, ridiculous. And uh, Garrison put on trial. Garrison ran a trial in which uh Clay Shaw was acquitted. There's there's the convergence of evidence uh points to um Oswald as no. the assassin there is no convergence of evidence to any no. other person name a name yes. who who did it name names who it, who's the other assassin name you know let me talk mike go ahead right. no the cia is too big a that, that's not a name who would you try page you're in the law business you can't wait, wait. First this, of all, this is, my, this is my
3: time here mike let me let me just we'll, we'll get right. back to you in a minute mike who all in right. the cia oh, mike we'll get back to you in a minute so uh, as I invest – as a – you're out of your – I think you're out of your league in that conversation. Uh, when you do the shooting scene reconstruction, then come back and talk to me. I have. Uh, you have not it's done over. a shooting scene reconstruction in Dallas, Texas, have you? I've
1: been there, yes. Have you, yes. Yeah, have you have done, have done the been.
3: reconstruction, Michael?
1: Yeah.
3: Have you, pulled, a, have you gotten that exact gun? All you got to do started,
1: is look out the book depository building at the X on the road. Anybody – This can is how – if this is how you run
3: your skeptic magazine, I think that uh, people need to take a pause. Who
1: would you put on trial as the other? First of all,
3: first of all, I'm not under cross-examination right now. I'm telling you how I
1: got, who would you, if you are a lawyer, you can't just say I'm putting on trial, the CIA name names, who did it? Okay. First of all, I'm not
3: answering your question. I'm talking about what I'm talking about. So you don't have an answer. If you let (laughs) me talk to my story, Mike, Mike, all right, let, Scott. Let me Scott. Ones
2: Scott ones. Let me jump in one second. So Scott, is your claim? And, and I, I want. I don't want to stay on this because I really we we yeah, were no. delivering it's UFOs, a ridiculous but,
3: argument. I mean, no, you got to come to me more no, with Scott. Garbage. Do you believe there
2: were Scott? Do you believe there were two shooters?
3: Is that what you're saying? There was two or three shooters. Now, this is not just my personal opinion. Uh, if you go back and you talk to the world's greatest authority, the Mount Rushmore of crime and shooting scene reconstruction experts and forensic pathologist, Doctor Cyril Weck, Uh, who was 38 years old at the time Kennedy was assassinated. He is the foremost historian on the issue of the Kennedy assassination. It is a fact that one man could not have made those three shots. It's a fact that John F. Kennedy was shot from the front right, not the back. If you know how bullets react, you know that when a bullet goes into the brain, or into the body or into the tissue it creates a smaller hole on the entrance and a bigger hole on the exit now this was a 0.223 round that blew the back of john kennedy's head out and it entered from the front anybody and then you've got this whole magic theory bs and all that it's been proven beyond right. any reasonable doubt and I'll, this is the last word that we'll have on this subject proven beyond <laughs> any reasonable doubt any reasonable doubt i'll tell you what i'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna there was I'm multiple gonna, shooters First of all, There's I need not to show. Even enough evidence to convict, to get an indictment okay. on Lee Harvey Oswald. Here is the headshot.
1: So, frame 313. I've done the, the reconstruction, Mike.
3: Put your book down.
1: <laughs> you can see <laughs> listen, right not there. not going to educate you me, bro. see right there. The brain matter gonna, is going uh, up up and forward, not back into the left. The brain listen, matter from you know. the headshot. Which came from have you, listen,
2: first of all, I need a show for Tuesday. It's a one hole in the week because place. and it's the fourth of July. Oh, what better day than JFK? I will circle back with uh I have an explanation <laughs>
1: for the magic bullet. This is I, will, I wrote a whole I, book about let, this. I'll I will circle say,
4: back. Can, we, can I go ahead and say that um I think that That's the JFK so I mean the assassination is direct I think it's related to UFOs. Uh Doctor Greer Doctor Stephen Greer has a death warrant essentially for Marilyn Monroe. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's that's all, true. it's all related and yeah, it's that's all, I, all based in evidence. It's yeah. all based in evidence. All right, I'm going to
2: have, I'm going I'm, I'm to have you guys, I'm going to have you back on JFK, but
3: let yeah. me just so tell the audience. That's how me. I got the nexus into okay. UFOs. Got after it. I found out that Kennedy was killed by more than one shooter, fact, uh, court of law, you cannot disprove me. Uh, then I was like, well, why would they want to kill JFK? So I started digging deeper and reading all of this FOIA stuff that was coming out where they try to declassify new information. And the thing, just what Paige said, came out was a note that the FBI was spying, as we all know, by Edward Snowden on all of us every day for everything Mm -hmm. that we do, uh, which used to be a conspiracy as well, Mike. Right. And uh, we know that's a fact. Right. So um, and then so she died. Because she told her friend, who was a news reporter, kind of a gossip magazine reporter in Hollywood at the time, uh, that John Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy during Pillow Talk when they were having sex, either before or after to impress her or whatever, pillow talk, uh, that she said that they saw aliens and bodies and so on and so forth. And she was killed. We think, uh, that she was assassinated by a uh suiciding, as we see a lot of, uh this woman, and uh, I think there's evidence, a reasonable suspicion, uh, okay. which is the standard, that she was killed because of what JFK and RFK told her.
2: And we are going to get back to that. Let me fill in the audience uh, about what happened in Vegas. This was, uh, there, is the, there are developments in that story. So there, the, the, the Las Vegas family that claims to have seen uh, large aliens emerging from a craft in their backyard, they have now hired an attorney. Um, and the attorney for the family is warning trespassers not to go on his client's proper, property, uh, adding, and this is a quote here that they have discovered two non-human life forms in their backyard. Let me repeat that. The lawyer is now saying they've discovered two non-human life forms in their backyard on April 30th, around 11 50 PM, a Las Vegas Metro police officer's body cam. This is not, Uh, The neighbors, but this is Las Vegas Metropolitan Police. Their body cam recorded something streaking low across the sky. That was confirmed later to be a meteor, which Scott does not believe is the case. They called 911 and the neighbors. And this is a direct quote. There's like an eight foot person beside it next to this craft. And another one is uh, inside and has big eyes and it is looking at us. And it's still there. They're like eight foot, nine feet, 10 foot. They look like aliens to us. Big eyes. They have big eyes. Like I can't explain it. And a big mouth. They're shiny eyes. Uh, They're not human. They're 100% not human. So that takes us to what we're talking about today. And uh, I'm going to deliver the baton now to uh, Scott. Scott, you sent me some notes, which I passed on to our guest. You say that when you're... Reconstructing any kind of events, whether it's a crime scene, an accident scene, a murder scene, uh, an alien encounter, you have to remember several items, one of them compelling evidence. Uh, there was a green object caught on multiple cameras. Tell me about this and, and just let's leave time to get through. Yeah, sure. I want to make sure that Michael has time to respond. to sure. the Sit here and get uh, berated by everyone else on the panel. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I,
3: I apologize, uh, Mike. I don't mean to be so rough with you, but uh, you know, I call him as I see him, and I take no guff. You know, so um, the the way because uh, I'm from Cleveland, you know what I mean, uh, and we don't care. Uh, so the when I saw the uh, the footage from the police officer's body camera, and listen, I'm not a ufologist. You know, nobody's an expert in aliens. We're all just spectators, I think, at this particular point, and we're trying to figure it out. But when we saw that, I've seen two shooting stars in my life, one not that long ago in Cleveland and then once when I was golfing in uh, Palm Springs. And the thing on the two anecdotal occasions that I did see them, uh, they went by really fast and they didn't seem to be green. And When I looked at this footage uh, from the police officer's body camera, it does not seem to be manipulated. And it was put out uh, from the Axon body footage uh, uh, camera which I'm very familiar with because I, I look at uh, the Axon body footage as part of my regular day job every single day. That's how we break down the sequence of the time in between shots fired and so on and so forth. Uh, and it's very reliable. It's about uh, 30 frames per second. It's not overly great resolution. Uh, I'm also an expert uh, in uh, video analysis, which is why I brought, jumped in on this case. So the first thing I saw was the, the footage of the, of, the, uh, of the meteor, I'm like, yeah, maybe it's a meteor, but it was really green. It was really big, and it was really slow. Uh, I'd never seen a meteor caught on camera that took that long to traverse the sky. Uh, and then there was a couple of other – but it could be a meteor. I don't know. Uh, but then there was a couple of other uh, views of that meteor where it looked like something – where it went right over the top of the sky. It had a tail on it. Uh, it looked like it was in real time because you could hear the guy talking. Uh, and it seemed like there was something traveling in the tail. What was it? I don't know. Uh, and uh, But that was the first thing that I looked at. I was like, well, and then what happened afterward, it seemed like there was a nexus or a causation uh, between that event and then the event to follow. Now, is it a meteor? Maybe it is. Uh, is it something else? I don't know. Uh, and the thing I was going to say before I got into the whole spiel before, I, I didn't say that there were aliens, I said that I was able to capture something moving on the film that these people reacted to and were scared of, and I feel I can prove beyond a reasonable doubt, certainly to the preponderance of an evidence, that there's something in that footage that shouldn't be there.
2: And we're going to get there, Scott. Michael, um, so you know the story much better than I do, but essentially... Uh, some sort of craft crashes at this backyard in Las Vegas. These people call, we've all heard the 911 call. They sound sincere in their fear or their trepidation, their, uh, you know, their concern. Um, let's take this kind of bit by bit. Cause you do see this green object um, on the body cam footage. What, what do you make of that? Um,
1: Probably a fireball. You know what a fireball is? It's a, it's a, Larger meteor, slow, slowly moving, apparently slowly moving, because it takes longer to burn up. Uh, there's tons of footage online. You can see um, fireballs just on astronomical sites or just on YouTube, and they look s- similar to that to me. Green, probably because it's a it's a night camera. Uh, But I haven't seen any footage of the aliens, you know, that that, remember when the story broke, which is days after the Grush story broke. So it was like, whoa, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on the evening news, the local Las Vegas news, they go, okay, we're going in here. We got the body camera. Here it is. And then boom. It goes black and they go oh we can't show it to you because metro says this is a private property and we're not allowed to uh show somebody's private property backyard or whatever which is weird because if it was the shooting we'd be all over the news and we'd see it endlessly right so you know there's something weird about that either they don't actually have footage or it's a hoax or it's a, the actual alien you know, i don't know nobody knows so you know the trail goes cold there unless you have some footage that I haven't seen. And Michael,
2: that's interesting because the exact point you bring up about um, there not being footage is exactly why Scott Mm -hmm. thinks it is, um, you know, dubious that there was not some sort of creature walking around. I want to get the page, though. Um,
1: Let let me me address a couple of the other claims that have uh, blown by in the last half hour. Um, On the Grush story, so Ron said... Everything he said is true. Okay, hang on. Grush himself said, I haven't seen anything. I just talked to people who said- well, We're talking the
3: Las Vegas, Mike.
1: Well, um, it's okay, uh, Grush is a big part of this. So go, go going, ahead. I'm, I'm responding to the last half hour of conversation. Michael, go ahead, go ahead. So Grush um, so himself hasn't seen anything. So when you say what he said is true, I agree. He, I, I, I suspect that he really did talk to people who said they saw something in the same way that my friend Michael Schellenberger, uh, following Grush, uh, did some calls himself and also talked to whistleblowers, <coughs> different people who said they saw something similar. Now Michael Schellenberger hasn't seen anything, but he talked to people. And then the third su- source on that was Marco Rubio, who said I talked to people who said something similar to what the people said t- told Grush. So that gives us three data points of clearly somebody saw something or touched something or there are more than one whistleblowers. Something is going on. We need to get to the bottom of it. Okay, that's good. And then, uh, Paige, um, this gets to your point about the you know, 300 plus 911 calls. All that means is somebody saw something. For sure, it, they're not hallucinating. Uh, it's not just some guy on an acid trip. Um, but we get that all the time. I'm here in Santa Barbara. We're just 100 miles south of Vandenberg uh, Air, Air Force Base, where Elon launches his rockets. Every time he launches rockets, they get hundreds of 911 calls. People—they have no idea what this is. This is quite common. And so um, the, that somebody sees something does not translate to <clears throat> extraterrestrial intelligence, aliens, UFOs. It just means somebody saw something, or a lot of people saw something. So let me just finish here with one final point about how to reason about these things. So um, the source I used start, I'm sorry, is there a problem here?
3: I'm just saying, you're a little off topic there, Mike, come on.
1: What do you mean off topic? This is the topic, UFOs, UAPs. This is what I was told.
3: We're talking evidence. We don't need you to tell us how to reason.
1: Do you want? Do you want? My, Michael, what am I doing here, Michael? Go ahead, Michael. <laughs> Sorry. all right. I'm just saying. Man, we're trying. I got to other try. things to do. I can leave I'm, if you like. I'm I'm hosting um, the show, ahead. and Michael
2: right. is here, and he's uh, able and willing and a great guest. So, Michael. Okay. So,
1: um, I start with Leslie Keen, who is the kind of chief top. But one of the top ufologists today. She absolutely believes that we have are being visited or have been visited by extraterrestrials. She wrote a book on UFOs, New York Times bestseller. Here is her assessment of uh, what most people see when they say they see things. This, her book is UFOs, Generals, Pilots, and Government Officials Go on the Record. She says that 90 to 95% of all UFO sightings can be explained as Weather balloons, flares, sky lanterns, planes flying in formation, secret military aircraft, birds reflecting the sun, planes reflecting the sun, Blimps, helicopters, the planet Venus or Mars, meteors or meteorites, swamp space on satellites, swamp gas, spinning eddies, sun dogs, ball lightning, ice crystals, reflected life off clouds, lights on the ground or lights reflected in a cockpit window, temperature inversions, hole punch clouds, and the list goes on. I'm just quoting from her. So the moment you say, well, people saw something, I'm sure they did. Let's, let's, let's take their word for it. But the question is, what did they see? Okay, so 90 to 95% chance it's one of those, which is not extraterrestrial.
2: Um, and I, I listen, I appreciate everyone on this panel. Um, I specifically asked Michael, for those who do not know, Michael's a very big name in this world. Um, so we appreciate him being here. And uh, there's going to be contrary points of view, and that's why we're, uh, we're doing the show. There's some news, and I want to get the page. We have a large female audience, and if I don't go to our female, I will get yelled at, and I will get hate mail. Yes, as I should. (laughs) We're going to get the page in a second. But there is some news uh, regarding, since uh, David Grush's name came up, of course he is a UFO whistleblower, and uh, Michael alluded to some of it. But he spoke to News Nation once again, where he broke this news, Um, and he raised the question, you have to wonder at what stage does the president intervene? Um, He believes that there's enough information now um, and Marco Rubio to Michael's point has come out, obviously a well-known Senator from my state here in Florida um, who (laughs) has revealed to news nation on Monday as well, that he David Grush, is not, is not the only high level government official to come forward with claims about UFOs. So the question now is who else will come forward and what will they have to uh, say? Paige, How do you see this pivoting in the coming days, um, in terms of information that could potentially be released? And do you think there'll ever be a moment in the coming months, days, weeks, where Michael Shermer goes, "Huh, I'm no longer skeptical." I believe.
4: Um, I think. I guess I would depend on what amount of evidence and what type of evidence he's looking for. Um, but in addition to the Vegas incident that happened and the Grush story that came out, um, I agree with Michael in that the timing was weird and the timing was weird in that yeah. because at the same time, there was also a disclosure conference going on that related to additional whistleblowers who I've personally spoke with, spoken with firsthand um, in addition to a list of 750 whistleblowers that has been given over to Congress. Right around that exact same time, so why exactly the focus is on Vegas and grush I'm not a hundred percent sure um, but I, it, it the timing is weird, I would agree, um but it's kind of hard at least I mean, yes, you can say that there's not they didn't see something or that what they saw wasn't a UFO um, in certain situations, but you know, you can't tell me three hundred people are not enough evidence. And, and unless you're talking about different evidence than something in a courtroom, because I can't think of any other case that you would go in and say, that's not enough evidence, because they could have seen something else. Well, that's fine. What are they seeing? Now, there's 100 different narratives, you can go on that route. And yes, you can list all of those other things in the the air, you know, the weather balloons and whatnot. <laughs> but that's been going on for 100 years now. And there's evidence. I mean, there's the same evidence that's that you have for this Vegas situation. You have that same evidence in probably hundreds of cases over the last hundred years. And it's all there. But depending on who you talk to, they say it's not enough. Um,
2: And now I'm going to I'm going to hop in and kind of steer this because I really want to stick to this Vegas backyard. Uh, But before we do that, uh, Scott Roeder, as he mentioned, is personal friends with Ross Coldhart. He is the Australian investigative reporter who broke this, uh, what some believe is a massive story and what others think is not such a big deal, as I assume Michael Shermer uh, would probably think, although I don't want to put words in his mouth. But uh, Ross Coldhart told you, Scott Roder, that he also um, is skeptical of the timing of the Las Vegas backyard aliens, thinking that it might be taking away from the David Grush story, which he broke and believes
3: is much bigger. Is that what he told you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean and I, I kind of a you know, listen, just because one story might be put out to take away from another story, it doesn't necessarily make the other story not true or or the first story uh, less credible. But I believe that's what he feels and and I and I think about it. You know, you have a whistleblower uh comes out. He's this guy has been involved apparently the people who say they know this, they say that he uh, uh, briefed, wrote the briefings for the president of the United States for a number of uh, the daily briefings type of thing. For He was at the, that level of security. And for him to come out and say, hey, we've got reconstructed crashes. We have teams that go out and collect these UFOs and we re-engineer and we have dead bodies. That's a huge story. It's a huge story. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. Uh, but it's a huge story. And that the Vegas thing pops out. You know, it happened April twenty-nine, April 30th, May 1st uh, at, 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 like, at midnight. And, but it didn't pop. They didn't, didn't get released into the national viral story until that day Rush came out. I find that suspicious, just like I find the Chinese UFO balloons or whatever that we shot down over the coast. That was pretty suspicious because that was going on right when the Nord Stream pipeline bombing came out. So, you know, I don't put it past any government agency especially a government agency that came up with the poppycock, like the Warren Commission, uh, to not misdirect us. Uh, Now, you know, there's a lot of disinformation out there, and this could have been used as a tool uh, to – Take away from his story, maybe it's true. I don't know, but the way. Uh,
2: a lot of people are asking how my trip was. I was uh in Israel for uh four nights, so I'm a little tired and uh coming back to usually this conversation is nice and civil Tonight's yeah. getting A little uh, yeah. it's getting a little feisty, and uh, I don't know that I have my proper bearings yet, but I will uh, I will make sure that we remain uh civil here as we discuss. A pretty interesting phenomenon by the way i was listening um as i do which is a very weird habit i listen to coast to coast uh a lot and i was listening to an episode with art bell from the early 2000s and uh he had on a you know a person who was talking in detail about aliens how they reproduce how they know uh how we know how they reproduce etc et it was it was fascinating to me just in light of where we are today because uh i don't know how to say this nicely but this guy back then I'm sure sounded like an absolute crackpot to everyone. And now you fast forward to 2023 and I'm sure there are some people saying, Hey, maybe this guy isn't as weird as he sounded. Maybe Art bell was onto something uh, back in the eighties and nineties when he started his radio show. Uh, Scott, I want to get, so we discussed this green object caught in multiple cameras. You talk about the next bit of evidence being the eyewitness accounts, which referred to. Um, you're talking about the two brothers on hell 16, and another one, I think, is 14 and the father. Uh, what about this eyewitness account? What does that do to you from an evidentiary stand of, uh, point of view?
3: Well, you're right. Well, eyewitness accounts are important to analyze if there's anything to corroborate that eyewitness testimony. And when you have contemporaneous notes, for example, uh, that is a standard in the court of law. if you have a, let's say you write a note in your notebook. Uh, And then you testify and you go back to your note and that that was a note that's a contemporaneous note. That video that Angel's mother, I believe, took, uh, that is the subject of my analysis, uh, you can clearly see that that is not a scripted video. These are not actors uh, of any kind. These are just regular folks. Uh, uh, They are clearly jawed. They are frozen in place. They step back and then they pause. They are in a state of shock. Uh, and that's not something you can really fake unless you're, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio or something. Uh, these are kids, you know, these are just regular folks. Uh, and it was at that moment that I was like, okay, maybe there's something there. I didn't see anything initially until there, uh, and we'll show the video. I think we're going to show the video hopefully uh, so that everybody can see it. Uh, they're, I was unable to load that up, Scott. I'm sorry, but But, but you'll
2: you'll have to illustrate it
0: verbally. How's that?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, Well, there's a point in time at six seconds in the video uh, where the angels were in a red baseball cap and the father is in front of them. And they're kind of walking staggered like this. And for one second, they see this object. I don't see the object yet, but they see it. Angel goes like this and freezes. His father goes like this and freezes for one second. And i that's the one second that I focus in on. So I clip that one second when they separate their heads because then I see something, a little something. It's a little bit faded, but then I zoom in on it. I, I, I put a x-ray filter on it. I put a heat sensor filter on it. I do a two-tone uh, filter on it. The same kind of process I would do with analyzing a police-involved shooting. To, to see if I can see something in the background, admissible type of analysis. Uh, and then I, I take that one second uh, and I, 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 I uh, uh, slow it down to about 45%, extrapolate it into about 2.2 seconds. And at that time with this uh, kind of what's called a duo tone filter, it, it, it brings out uh, color. Uh, I see clearly, uh, and I think I sent you a screenshot of it and I sent you the videos. I don't know if you saw it yourself, Joel, uh, but I'm happy to provide it to everybody, and, and you can go on to uh, the Extraterrestrial uh, ET Reality Podcast. I do a full video breakdown for one hour on that one second of footage,
2: and I'll, I'll uh, add the links. I will add the links to the show somewhere yeah. here. But I
3: see in that footage uh, clearly uh, a object that is not part of the background. I've verified. Now there was all kinds of claims. There was claims you could see that an alien in the fence. I looked at that, and in one filter, I'm like, nope, that's not in anything. That's a shadow. I was able to dismiss that as a shadow. There was another guy who did his analysis. He's like, look at this alien. It's 50 feet tall. I'm like, nope, that's a palm tree. And this other guy's like, well, there's another. And I'm like, nope, that's a logo for the, for the tractor trailer, right? And then I started doing my analysis based on what I thought was reasonable suspicion uh, of where I might be able to find something. And it was at the moment. They're walking in, and the kid is like, And that is a very natural reaction. I don't know if anybody's ever seen anything in the dark before, but you freeze and then you go like this. And then they immediately put their hands on their guns and they get out of dodge. And that's the, what I needed to, to zoom in on that footage. And I find that that video footage corroborates what I believe is their natural reaction to something. Can I say it's an alien? No, I am not saying that it's an alien. What I'm saying is they reacted to something that scared their pants off. And that was the reaction was real. What they saw scared them. Listen, it could have been a guy in a Halloween mask that was, I don't know. I can't say what it was. What I can say is they were scared. They are not hoaxing. Uh, and then the other point is if you go down on the list, you have to have non-converging interests that have similar testimony. The police officers are Missing 16 minutes of footage, they're not doing it. There's nothing special in that backyard. Angel no, put no, out no, that we'll video. Come, no, we're going to yeah. come
2: back to that real quick. A shout the out to the cops. Don't not- think it's
3: a co We're going to come
2: right back to that. LA Not So Confidential, shout out to uh, LA Not So Confidential. Uh, Dr. Shiloh has an awesome podcast, so uh, welcome them, welcoming her. Um, to you, Michael Shermer. So Scott Roder just detailed. Um, how he was able to determine that he saw something, not necessarily aliens, but he saw something on that film. What about the methodology he took? Um, Does it sound rational and sane uh, in terms of the way he got to that point of belief where he thinks he saw something?
0: Yeah, certainly.
2: Yeah. Um, And then what about the fact now that most people, uh, most importantly, the family, uh here that spotted this that they believe they saw these eight to ten foot creatures. How do we explain that? How do you Yeah, there,
1: I don't know. You know, it's again it could be some gu- guys in an ape suit or something like that, or or actual visitation by aliens. So here, let's uh let, let's think about this in another context, because people ask, like Paige did, uh, what would it take for me to believe? And and if we really were visited by aliens and it was Definitively and, and, and clear. I would just put we were wrong on the cover of skeptic magazine and here it is right uh, Much like the Chinese spy balloon uh, story I mean, no one asks what's the credentials of the pilot that took the picture or the experience of the pilot that shot it down uh, No one talks about any of the credentials of the people who saw the Chinese spy balloon We just saw the Chinese spy balloon true And so that, that's what it would take. You know, that if, you know, the secretary of state and then the secretary of defense, the president of the United States Pentagon all said, yep, we have, we have the alien spacecraft. Here it is. Then I would believe, no question about it. I, I, you know, I think it would be fabulous if it was true Uh, and maybe Marco Rubio or whoever will get to the, core of this that would be wonderful um so i have no objections to that but let's say analogously um you know another subject that we deal with a bigfoot claims about a another bipedal primate living somewhere in the himalayas or canada or wherever you know there's hundreds of thousands of stories about this you know centuries of searching for it you know and so if you went to a a, a biology conference and said uh, announced to your colleagues i have discovered a new species they would, of course, be thrilled. Oh, my God, a new species of bipedal primate. This is huge. I mean, hundreds of thousands of years ago, there were half a dozen bipedal primates. Now there's only us. Maybe there's one other. That would be fabulous. Okay, let's see it. Well, you know, I it, it ran off and it was dark. And, you know, darn it, I couldn't get the body. But I have this, you know, kind of blurry photograph. It was dark. But if you use your imagination, you could sort of see the shape of a head and legs and a torso. You know that would not be evidence enough for biologists to go. Okay, you you've convinced us. They would say you got to go back and bring the body back.
2: Uh, Michael, so- I think you talked about this at the very beginning, but uh, in this this is they say of you know an infinite universe we're living in. Um, do you tend to believe that there is some form of other you know another life form? Somewhere, um, are you skeptical of that altogether?
1: No, I, I I put it at a very high probability, maybe ninety nine mm. percent, because I never say zero or one hundred percent. Say ninety nine percent that we are not alone. Mm. Interesting, just because, just the sheer numbers, the law of large numbers. You know, hundreds of billions of galaxies, each of which has hundreds of billions of stars, each of which has half a dozen to a dozen planets. Just by sheer numbers, you're going to get. Uh, no matter how improbable it is, you're going to have lots and lots of, uh, of earth-like planets at the right habitable zone, distance from the sun, the right type of star and so on and so forth. So it would be quite astonishing if it turned out we are alone. By the but way, again, that's us, a different you know, question than have they come here. That's a separate question. Yes.
2: And by the way, for those of you who have not ever visited Israel, when you go there, you start to think about these things, uh, tenfold because you're in a, you know, a very spiritual holy place. And, uh had me thinking the whole time I was there. Uh, Paige, I know you wanna hop in. I want you to answer this question and then uh, offer whatever you'd like to offer up. Kilo from Boston. She's got an attitude like my man, Scott Roeder, Cleveland and Boston in the house. Um, Why did the Vegas family get a lawyer? Why did they need to retain a lawyer in your opinion?
4: My opinion, yeah, I, I would think that the amount of, well, one harassment that you're going to get and media attention is going to be outrageous. Um, and if you look at the history of anybody who's ever come forward about any of this stuff, it's so stigmatized for whatever reason that they're not going to be believed, <laughs> um, almost certainly. And so having an attorney to represent them in as far as what the media is coming at them um as far as what what they're going to do are they are they going to how they're going to handle it i don't know you know um they're going to be having a lot of conversations with the law enforcement that's involved and any other law enforcement that gets involved because of what they saw so i i I can see a lot of different reasons why there would be an attorney And Paige, um,
2: you know, he offers testimony in a court of law. And so he's used to people like you, attorneys, uh, you know, cross-examining him. What about his, you know, I asked Michael about this, but what about the methodology where he's, you know, using these different color gradients to bring out um, the object, um, you know, maximizing the size of the video frame? Uh, And he says he did see something. Uh, What do you make just simply by by the methodology that he is using? Would something like that, in your opinion, hold up in a court of law?
4: Um, I think that if it's been used in a court of law in any other situation, (laughs) true crime or not true crime, then, yeah, it should be accepted. Um, I think that, combined with all of the other evidence that he mentioned, would definitely be enough to prove to anyone that this stuff that that it happened, um, which I would say is the case in majority of the situations that have gone on over the last hundred years, a lot of the same stories, all of that evidence is right there um and it's not any different and that goes there's camera footage, there's video footage, there's radar evidence there's hundreds of eyewitnesses there's not this is this is nothing new, so it doesn't surprise me at all that this happened um whether or not, you know, depending on the narrative that you follow with all of this stuff, there could be numerous different situations going on with that specific UFO or alien sighting. Um, but I don't doubt it at all.
2: <laughs> uh Ski hat Sarah uh weighing in science for the win. She says she is skeptical, like Dr. Michael Shermer is. Uh Scott Roder, moving along here, um, you say that part of your um you know the way the way you process and reconstruct a scene is that you've got to have multiple witnesses that do not have converging interests. What does that mean? You talk about multiple officers responding.
3: Well, know. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important. I think when you have people that don't have similar interests uh, that have a convergence of similarity, uh, where uh, you, uh, for example, in this case, we have the Las Vegas Police Department. And the Las Vegas Police Department—that's you know, a crime. Uh, you can go to jail for making a phony 911 call. Okay, you can go to jail for that. That's a crime. If the police thought this was a hoax of any kind, uh, Angel and his family would be arrested and be prosecuted. You don't mess around with 911. Uh, and these are—you know—these are immigrants coming to this country, uh, whether they're naturalized or whatever. They're not going to try to call attention to themselves. Okay. Uh, you know, there's a reason why in, 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 in the Latino community and in certain other communities, there are crimes that don't get reported because they don't want to deal with the cops, but these people were scared. Okay. Uh, and the police believed them and the police are, are not treating this like a hoax. And then the thing that I find interesting is that there are 16 minutes of footage uh, and in my experience, I've done hundreds of police-involved shooting cases, both defending the police and against the police. And where there is missing body camera footage, you can, I think, constructively uh, uh, construe the evidence in the favor of the pleading party, okay? Uh, when, uh, when you're holding back that evidence, and one of the police officers, I believe, even came out and said his body camera footage shows something. Uh, the police were clearly shook uh, on the scene. If you look at that, policemen don't get shook. All right. Uh, when you go to crime scenes, listen, I do with dead bodies all the time when I'm reconstructing, you don't get shook when these people don't get shook. Uh, they were shaken up hard uh, to the point where they left that property. They said, Hey, you see any more 10 foot aliens? Handle it yourself. I'm not coming back. There's no, there's, you don't go to the the police officer handbook, aliens. What do I do? You know, now these guys, were, these guys were scared. Scott, what do you think it was, Scott? I don't know. I have no idea what it was. Uh, but what I can say is that whatever it was, was not part of the background. Uh, it was not part of the machinery. It was not there in other aspects of the video. Uh, it was there in that one, meaning it moved. It wasn't a stationary object. I captured it moving uh, in a one-second frame from right to left. It was approximately 35 to 45 feet away, and based on how far away it was and where the camera was, uh, the heights seemed to be about level. Now, I didn't do a topography as to the slope of the road, and these are all things that you do when you do a shooting scene reconstruction. You want to look at all of the totality of the evidence uh, because it's things like slope in the road. Uh, could affect trajectory on how tall somebody is or where they're at uh, from a relative uh, plane on the environment. Uh, But it was approximately consistent with something about eight to 10 feet tall based on how far it was and how tall it was in the frame. Now, and it also moved and these people were terrified. So uh, what I can say is that beyond in my opinion, my expert opinion, uh, these kids were not, not these kids, but these two kids and the father we're not the hoaxers. The Las Vegas police department that responded were not hoaxers. Now, if there was a hoaxer, it was somebody that hoaxed the police department and this family. But this family, you got to stay off of this family. The reason why they got a police officer is because you're in Las Vegas. All right. These people are armed. You come into your, their backyard. I am armed here in Cleveland, Ohio. You come into my house, you get shot. You come into their yard, you're going to get shot. That police department said, and the lawyer said, leave these people alone. They are armed. Stay off of our property. That's why they got the lawyer.
2: And I got to tell you, Scott uh, brings up a good point. As a guy who spent 25 years in broadcast news, a lot of it reporting, uh, interviewing tons and tons of people. Um, I was... kind of mesmerized watching the body cam footage at how sincere uh, they did seem. They didn't, it did not appear that they were hoaxing anybody. It appeared that they really believed uh, what they were seeing, whether what they were seeing were in fact aliens or something else that is still to be determined. I think when Michael Shermer got up before he logged in under Bridgewater, show me the money or else talk to the hand is the comment. Um, (laughs) Michael, the
0: (laughs) the, (laughs) the comment.
2: I am not T-Pain, Michael. I want you to weigh in here because this is interesting on a different level. Uh, based on my experience of seeing a UAP with my own eyes, they are real. During the experience, I didn't think about taking a video or picture. My mind was being blown, so I wasn't thinking about that. I think people conflate, uh, Michael, UAPs with alien life. And that's uh, you know, some of those examples you just read. Can you explain... Yeah, uh, people, why that is just because you're seeing a UAP doesn't necessarily mean you're seeing something from out of this world, correct?
1: Yeah, it's good to remember that the U and UAP and the U and UFO just means unidentified. Uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. No one's denying your experience or that you didn't see something. Uh, I'm sure most of the time is that long list I read from Leslie Keen. People really do see things. The question is, what are they seeing? And most of the time, it's it's ordinary terrestrial phenomenon uh, that eventually gets explained or sometimes it doesn't. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's some non-trivial percentage of of unexplained that never gets explained. We just don't know. And we have to live with that. That's just the way it goes. Uh, so the question is, what do you do with it then? So, like, uh, people did this uh, with the New York Times article, Leslie Keen and uh, Ralph Blumenthal's article in 2017 in the New York Times about the. Pentagon's program on UAPs, Um, you know, they had a quote in there where the government says they are real. Okay. The quote was referencing the videos. The government was saying, the Pentagon was saying the videos are real. They're not fake. They're not CGI. Um, The videos are real, but people took that to mean, Oh, the Pentagon is saying they are real as in they being the aliens, not the videos. Okay, that's a problem. You know, Even the Grush story and Marco Rubio and Michael Schellenberger, I have no doubt that they're telling the truth, that the people, they really did talk to these people. And these people really did say, boy, I saw something or I touched something that was really unusual, off-world technology I've never seen. That's entirely possible. And it's still be terrestrial. It could be an experimental aircraft of some kind. It could be composite materials that DARPA is working with. You know, DARPA is doing stuff That's decades ahead of uh, any kind of normal science and technology.
2: Michael, explain DARPA for those who don't know.
1: Oh, the defense, um, sorry, DARPA, right. Uh, Defense Advanced Research, uh, Developed Research Program, DARPA. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, spaced out. Um, And, you know, they've been around for half a century. You know, the CIA had its own air force in the 1950s and 60s. You know, the U-2 spy plane, the SR-70-word Blackbird spy plane, the stealth bomber, the B-2 bomber, and so on. These are all super advanced, high-tech that you and I, regular citizens, we don't hear about until they're declassified, until decades after the fact. they go, oh, wow. So that's what that was. Likely, in my opinion, if Marco Rubio somehow manages to get in to Area 51 or Roswell, wherever wherever the, you know, the, the, these things are being held, it, it's more likely that it's going to be some super advanced technology that we just don't want the Chinese and Russians to know we have. And that's why they're top secret. I mean, it could be aliens, but more likely something like that. And uh, Michael, one more thing for you. This is
2: in today's two days Jerusalem Post, not just because I got back from Israel, but because I happened to catch it Um UFO expert Paul Ascoff, who I am not familiar with, but you might be. I don't um, know. I don't know. He, he came out and said that a race of gray aliens arrived during World War II and has been actively involved in the development of flying saucers ever since. And believes that this they have partnered with the United States government on things like fiber optics, microchips, <laughs> synthetic fibers, uh, stealth technology. Um, this sounded wackadoodle to me because it's really out of left field, uh, with no real, you know, corroboration. When you see stories like this in a mainstream, uh, you know, piece of journalism like the Jerusalem Post, what goes through your head?
1: Do You just say they're doing this for clicks, or or, or, or what? Well, I don't know. I'd speculate people's motives, but um, <laughs> you know, all those particular pieces of technology you mentioned, you know, they, they all have uh, antecedents, you know that other technologies that preceded them. And you can track the history of all those technologies step by step. There's never been an invention in the history of humanity that didn't have some predecessor to it and lots of other people working on it at the same time. The telephone, the internet, the search engines, the light bulb. I mean, you name it, just jet engines, uh, uh, any kind of rocketry and so on. Lots and lots of people are working on the same problems at the same time. this is the problem with the patent office (laughs) you know they have to give it to somebody but in fact you know lots of people are working on it so these things don't come out of the blue Um, it's unlikely that any chinese or russian agency is going to have super advanced technology that we have no idea how they did it because we all steal each other's secrets so you know darpa cia they're pretty good at, at stealing secrets from other countries so it would be unlikely that these uaps are some kind of drone or, or Chinese um, uh, a spacecraft or, or aircraft that is, you know, like a century ahead of anything we have simply because that's not how the world works. We steal each other's stuff. Oh, there's your, uh, yeah, there okay. it is.
2: Uh ask and ye shall receive. Thanks to the uh chief technical officer here. Um
1: <laughs> now if you
2: have
3: the video I say you something? put it in a loop, it's really I I'll go, I'll let you go page Sorry. Yeah, yeah I
4: was just gonna I was just gonna respond to the Rubio comment um ahead, because Paige. there's I I know the one of the individuals who has spoken with Rubio. I've directly spoken with him. His name is Mike Carrera. He is it's at this point somebody that I've talked with quite a bit. Um and he is a government whistleblower and that is one of the individuals who talked with my uh talked with Rubio. So we are getting to it um and there are a lot of whistleblowers.
2: And <laughs> yeah, uh chief technical right. officer if you can put there you go put it back up. So uh Michael I'm, I'm sorry Scott please explain what we are looking at here and uh
3: Okay you you're going to hear uh uh this could be very ominous because now we've got a major thunderstorm rolling through. It's uh so, so the scene, let's set the scene in this uh, scary Las Vegas night, uh, April 30th, May 1st, in the early hours. Uh, this is what I'm talking about here, where their heads separate. Uh, and as their heads separate, this is a still frame. Uh, this is not part of the equipment uh, because it's there and then it's not there. This is not any kind of a photographic anomaly. I've analyzed it. Uh, that is not the case. Uh, this is something. I don't know what this is, but this object here, where you see we got the circle and p- pointed to it, two clearly two circles, and then some kind of a body that doesn't have that much form to it. Uh, but uh, it, and it is approximately at their height; it's about forty-five feet away. The best way to look at this is uh, when I when I sent you the footage. It's called uh, "No Poppy" uh, because at the time. Uh, the wife that was filming this was like, no, Poppy, no, Poppy. She was scared. <laughs> so I called the video, no, Poppy, right? Uh, and uh, so it's at one second and it starts on the right side, which would be the left side opposite. And it goes right to left out of camera view in that one second. And it was at that ex- same exact moment that these guys put their hands on their guns and got out of dodge. Uh, and this is the moment that they froze where their heads came apart and revealed whatever that is.
1: Uh, Michael Shermer, what do you see there, uh, Michael? Michael, it's hard to see anything. I mean, I see something clearly—two, two vertical objects. But I, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know. I mean, they do look like what could be
2: beings, tall, vertical, for sure. But yep. what exactly? Or, or people? I, I yeah.
1: don't know. It, well, I don't
3: think it's people. If you look at the the totality of the body of the evidence, you can't say that it's people, uh, unless you're saying it's a person in a mask. But it's not people. This clearly scared them half to death to the point that they called 911. So it's not people. Let's guess again. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah, And I mean, to Michael's point though, it could be two nitwits from down the street. who decided to dress up.
3: Um, and yeah, but you know what? You (laughs) might shoot those people though. You know, listen, the thing that I think is a common thread, you know, like I, you know, if you've ever confronted a bad guy or have been confronted by a bad guy, uh, you don't have uh, a state of shock. And these guys are armed. If they thought that there were a couple of nitwits in their backyard, they probably would have plugged that guy full of lead, right? <laughs> uh, but that's not what they did. They got out of there as fast as they, these guys all had guns. There are three guns with their hands on the trigger, finger to the side – hands on the gun, finger to the side of the trigger. Most likely safety was off. Uh, if these were a bunch of nitwits goofing around in the backyard, they'd be dead nitwits lying dead in the backyard that I think you can promise them. Uh, but whatever it was scared them to the point that the people with the guns ran. Think mm-hmm. about that. The people who were armed were so scared they got out of there. So it was something more than a people.
2: That's an interesting in point. Uh, Scott, you spoke about um sixteen minutes of missing body cam footage. Explain that, and I like Paige to react to that from an evidentiary standpoint.
3: right. Uh, you know uh, the the Las Vegas Police Department say uh, that they redacted that footage, both audio and video because they wanted to respect the privacy of the family. That doesn't make sense to me because the family posted publicly a similar video from a similar point of view. Of their own backyard so they essentially waive that right of privacy think of it like a HIPAA if I say I got a heart condition and then you find out I have a heart condition it's not a big deal because I already told you right it's not a HIPAA violation so there's no secrecy if they already revealed what's in the backyard so that doesn't make sense and if they were gonna redact it because they wanted to protect the privacy of the family you wouldn't redact the audio so to me that suggests there's something visual and there's something uh, that there's that is said or heard That is being redacted. And I think, um, you know, you can constructively say uh, that a willful uh, retention or redaction of evidence, uh, you don't do that for no reason. I've never seen missing body camera footage where the allegation is nothing happened in that point of time. It's always the point where something big happened where the missing footage is.
2: Um, Paige, your reaction to the fact that 16 minutes of video footage is missing. If you were, if this went to trial for some reason, just based on, uh, you know, let's say there was a for hypothetical purposes where they wanted to prove, uh, you know, in a court of law or judge in a court or try in a court of law, whether the neighbors were telling the truth or not, how important would it be to have those 16 minutes of video footage that appears to be
4: missing? It would be extremely important. I mean, it, it would be what proves to anybody who's skeptic, a skeptical or who is a skeptic of this stuff, that it does in fact exist. Um, sorry, the cat, but okay. the. Um, I mean, it, it tracks that they took that in that evidence, and they have not released it because that has happened in numerous cases um, for years. I mean, there's and they take the. That's part of how you keep this stuff hidden is by keeping the evidence from the general public. So of course they're going to hide it.
2: Michael Shermer, uh, 16 minutes of body cam fo- footage is not there. Uh, Scott Roder in his notes to us. Show notes says that, and I quote here, there's never any missing footage of a non event uh, implying that this is an event. Uh, how would you explain that there are 16 minutes uh, that has either been redacted, released or conveniently lost in this case?
1: Well, we could go the conspiratorial route and like with Nixon, <laughs> assume that he erased the 18 minutes because they were, uh, you know, rather condemning. That does happen for sure. But I don't know. I mean, we just we don't know what we don't know. Right? It's just missing evidence. And it's hard to interpret what that means. It certainly doesn't mean aliens. It just means something uh, that we don't know. And that this is the problem, you know, with this whole field my own personal frustrations with it. After 30 years, it's like this is all we talk about. Is, you know, missing footage, blurry photographs, grainy videos, eyewitnesses. How about let's just get to the bottom of it. Show us the damn spacecraft. Where are the bodies? Come on, Marco. I'm rooting for Marco Rubio to get in there and show us what they have. I mean, it's, it's time, yeah. right? But here's the problem. I don't know what I don't know. I'm not in the government. What if, again, what if we have national secrets that we don't want the Chinese or Russians to know about? And Marco Rubio gets in there and they go, well, Senator, here's what we're doing. Oh God, I had no idea we have this program. Yeah. So you can't go out there and tell everybody what we're doing here because then our enemies will know. So I don't want to be, you know, just so super naive, like just, you know, disclose all the files. Yeah. But what if the files, you know, it's like the WikiLeaks, you know, like I like the WikiLeaks thing. I didn't know the government was lying to us about all these things, but they also revealed a lot of, secrets that put some of our spies at risk. So, you know, that's not so good. Yeah. You know, there's a reason there's national secrets. I wish there weren't, but you know, that's the world we live in. So, I don't know.
2: By the way, I asked my beloved mother in the Holy Land today prior to this show. I said, "Do you think the United States government could ever lie to us?" And she laughed in my <laughs> face. She laughed yeah. in my face. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a Holocaust survivor, there's no one mo- no one more paranoid and skeptical than my mother. She would have been a great co-publisher. Uh, with dr michael Shermer. um scott Roter, to you um and i apologize if we went over this but again i am slightly jet lagged for full my own disclosure there um but for um you talk about these four separate anomalies kermit the frog the scream guy skinny bob and bloop who are these yeah
3: yeah okay so in the files that i sent over to you as i was going through the rest of the footage as they say uh, because there was a lot of footage online. These amateur video experts were, uh, you know, going through and actually using fairly good technique to, uh, try, try to uh, bring out things. So I was like, all right, I looked in those same areas and to see what I could find. Right. And, and I found what, uh, four objects that I gave kind of cute names to because they kind of reminded me of things out of the zeitgeist in that alien lore. And one of the things out of the zeitgeist is Skinny Bob is apparently uh, purported to be a video. A matter of fact, I saw a documentary, a very scientific analysis on, it's called SkinnyBob.org. I, told, I urge everybody to go there and look at the scientific process of the video analysis of that footage. Uh, pretty interesting. Uh, ultimately, they're skeptical and, and certain about it. But anyway, it's a, a very well-known name in the world of ufology, I guess, Skinny Bob, right? So the one guy looks like Skinny Bob to me. He's got the big head, looks like a classic gray. Uh, And he's hiding, or at least what I think, I don't know if he is skinny Bob, but something that I think looks like that. I was able to catch a silhouette of it in a still frame uh, on the front uh, black square of the forklift that's facing the camera. Now, it's not at the point of six seconds when I see the two circles where the guys get scared and get out of there. It's at a different point of the footage. It's, I think it's a one minute, 36 second video uh, that I uh, you can get online. I think I was able to capture the most original version. Now, the one of the things you have to look at is, okay, are we all going off of the same footage, right? Has there been a uh, any kind of tampered footage that's been put out there? So I didn't want to take the word of amateur youth sleuths on the internet that they were finding this stuff so I'm like, i'll do it myself right uh so i analyzed the video and i found several anomalies now are they as clear no uh as the the first image that i find moving because actually i can i can prove beyond a reasonable doubt to a court of law that there's an object there and it's moving i can prove that uh i think i'd have a jury that would agree with me on that but the other ones they're a little bit different uh because you got lights that are playing a factor, you got shadows that are playing a factor, and I couldn't capture them moving. Uh, I just captured them in a still frame, so I put them on a little lower rung of, uh, from a speculative evidence standpoint, as what I feel is more firm evidence, which is the moving object, uh, because lights and shadows can play a lot of tricks with you. But you know, as I looked at it, I was like, "Yeah, this looks like this to me," and I and I put it out there as uh, kind of a lower rung of. Uh, evidentiary, uh, uh, documentation, but uh, it was enough to my mind to at least notate it as maybe there's something there. Uh, But here's the other thing. I show it to a lot. I showed it to a lot of people, maybe a hundred people I've showed it to. And I took like a little, little survey around my own people, lawyers, doctors, that's the people that I talked to, right. That's for my business. And I gave it to everybody by 65% of the people are like, Oh my God, that's spooky. What is that? 35% of the people was like, I don't see nothing. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of ontological uh, brain block in certain people that because of their station in life. I had this theory because I think there's a lot of evidence of extraterrestrial life. Maybe not. Maybe time travelers. I don't know. Maybe multidimensional. Maybe they're not coming from outer space. Maybe they're coming from our ocean. Who knows? Uh, But um, the the thing is, like, I think that, like, for example, like uh, medicine, uh, uh, law and science has the most to lose when it comes to uh, in, uh superior non-human intelligence, because that takes them from being really fancy humans to being really fancy cows, like the rest of us. So I think people with a lot to lose are even more skeptical than just like regular everyday folks like you and me. Mm.
2: Um, GM flower here says, I want to take a little detour here, Michael Shermer uh, talk Phoenix lights. How are those explained? Obviously one of the, better-known phenomenons that happened, uh, obviously, in Phoenix. And then not long after, I think, former Governor Fife Symington came out and said he believes in UFOs. How do you explain those away, Michael? Because we see those very clearly in the sky.
1: Well, there were uh, two different phoenix Lights events, first of all. One of them was clearly um, military flares. They were dropping flares uh, to track, you know, at, at night. Uh, and lots of people saw those. Okay, and then uh, yeah. So Governor uh, 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 Symington came out and with the little alien suit made a big joke about it, and then later said, "Oh, that was kind of stupid because I actually think it could be could be something." So for that, they're talking about the second event, which is uh, less clear about exactly what that is. But um, but that's really that story has kind of died in ufology. I, I, I rarely hear people talking about that. I think because it's clear that so many of these sightings that happen near military bases are highly probable, just something to do with what the military are doing, you know, running experiments and testing things like that. Uh, Paige, you were shaking your head. No.
4: Yeah, no. I mean, it's still talked about. It's one of the ones that it's been so discussed that it, I mean, it's, it's very widely known, but there were thousands of witnesses and Aaron Rodgers is on record. Uh, one yeah, the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. um, saying that he saw it happen he was flying somewhere i think um and then there were three like jets that went after it like our military jets that went after it after he saw this happen in the sky so i mean it's it's still talked about it's widely talked like there's a lot of celebrities who witnessed that that have been on record talking about it like i said aaron (laughs) Rodgers was one of them there was another person who was flying a plane I forget what his name is. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell was flying a plane at the time of that incident, and he witnessed it. Also, He's so he's been a big. Um, Paige, can I
1: can I ask you what difference does it make if it's a celebrity? I mean, wh- why is that
4: important? I need people to listen. <laughs> people like it's going to get people's attention. I mean, yeah. Again, if you, if you're talking about what somebody has to lose, that's what somebody has to lose. It's going to be their career. It's going to be their being respected by the community, it's going to be anything like that. So why would you come forward?
1: Celebrities say and dumb stuff way, all the time. If, <laughs> even if he wasn't a celebrity. Even I'll, if
2: I'll a agree celebrity. with Michael on that one, but I, I do get Paige's point about credibility. Go ahead, Paige.
4: And, well, and even if he wasn't a celebrity, I mean, if I said my friend Aaron was flying a plane and saw saw the lights and then saw the like the fighter jets fly after it, would you believe me then? Because I, yeah, I, I mean, me I feel like Aaron Rodgers is well, more... It doesn't political. matter.
1: I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, who cares? Uh, I mean, Scott Kelly made a... a there's a, a nice clip. People. He released a tweet uh, last week in light of the whole Grush thing of a speech he gave in front of a NASA audience. This, this is Scott Kelly, the astronaut and pilot, about how people... Uh, think somehow pilots and astronauts have better perceptual systems, or they're more rational about what they see. He says that's not at all the case. He and he gave examples like we're up there in in the space shuttle, we're looking out at the um, the cargo bay, and there's like something floating in the cargo bay. They go, oh my god, we left left a tool there, or, you know, some kind of object came off, and we better do something about it. And they go on and on about this, and then they took pictures of it, and analyzed it. Turns out it was the space station. 80 miles away. Hmm. And he talked about other examples of pilots that think they see something and they're going to rendezvous with their pilot, their co-pilot. We're going to rendezvous. And it's a buoy on the ocean floor, on the, uh, sorry, on the ocean surface that they're going to rendezvous with. He said, pilots make mistakes like this all the time. And there's nothing, his point was, there's nothing special about our astronaut pilot perceptual systems at all. We're, we're all susceptible to misperceiving things.
2: Yeah Mike I was going to ask you about you know the the so-called Tic Tac uh UAP um you know these these are veteran air force pilots that claim it all came out in 6 on 60 minutes and other very uh highly reputable shows um do you think they're just it's just misperception in the skies Well so here's it? an
1: example again our issue of skeptic on this love it. this topic um so here we have the picture of one of the the four Uh, famous uap video shot by the navy pilots
0: Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Uh, so here you see um this little object here was right in the middle and then all of a sudden it shoots off uh and and the pilot oh my god look at that everybody analyzing this is just losing their minds how could it be moving that fast it goes all of a sudden it's going this way then it goes left you know like seven thousand miles an hour what people fail to realize is that says zoom And that went from 1.0 to 2.0 the moment this thing went like that. The camera just zoomed in on it. That's all. The object didn't move at all. It's astonishing. People somehow can't, they don't know what the little numbers on the side of the video mean. Michael, do you think that
2: people are desperate to believe one way or the other so the mind sort of plays tricks in their favor, in their own
1: favor? Not desperate, no. People just naturally misperceive things. It's it's everybody else around them that takes it to the next level. Instead of just saying, well, I'm not sure what I just saw, and just leave it at that, it's very difficult. People then make the leap. Well, if I can't explain it, then it's not explainable by anything natural. Therefore, it must be extraterrestrial or supernatural, paranormal, whatever. Uh, that happens a lot.
2: Mm. Um, Paige, to you, and this I'm stealing a page, no pun intended or pun <laughs> definitely intended, from Scott Roeder. Uh Scott writes, I think we have to keep in mind, and then Scott, I'll get your take on this, but I want to get it from Paige first. That there could be a direct campaign to dilute real events with fake events so that all events are taken out of the realm of credibility or simply intended to exhaust the general public and frustrate them not to pay attention uh, to it because it's just too difficult to figure out. That is the definition of a PSYOP campaign. Do you think the United States government would run such a campaign against its citizens? Yes. Yeah.
4: Yes, I'm. Um, I, I, yes, and I think that there is. Um, I mean, <laughs> absolutely, yes. They they would run that, and I think that that is again. If you look across hundred years of all of this, it's it's there and it's it's available to us. I mean, there there was one question that asked um, if there were three hundred witnesses. What? Why haven't hasn't the government been involved? They've been involved for years, for years and years and years. And it's it's there's there's available declassified documents on this stuff um, that some of the documents I was just watching a show um, earlier today. It was they they admit in these government documents that are available to the public. You just have to get them that uh we did have bodies that we had bodies in the 40s we had bodies in the 50s we had bodies before roswell so i I mean there was another um in april of 2001 there was another whistleblower who came forward with a very (coughs) similar story as grush or grush um except he had firsthand witness like he personally witnessed this encounter as did the sixty plus other people that he mentioned, and it was actually on an Art Bell episode that I uh, heard that uh, broadcast. Uh, his name was Deke Richards. I, I can't find out what happened to him since then. I can't find anything about him, but he came forward with a very similar story as Grush did, and then he fell off the face of the earth. But that story, I mean, you you say, okay, well, if if you would believe Grush if he came forward with tangible evidence, I mean, this guy who came forward you know, 20 years ago already did have that evidence was a firsthand w- account witness specifically said, not only were there the other witnesses that could have like attested to the situation, but his friend, I think he called him Mike also was like, willing to talk about it. And then all of a sudden, boom, gone, disappeared. So the government's involved and it's just a matter of again, which take you see. And I think that there is part of government involvement keeping things from us because, yes, they have in their mind that we need to be protected. I do think that's part of it. But I think there's a whole bunch of other things going on. I think one of those is that there are extraterrestrial visiting. Um, I think another one is that there are other individuals that are not associated with our government, but who are associated with our government that are involved in these UFO sightings. And I think there are actually like government involvement in it. And I mean, there's going back to Project Blue Book, the, like I can rattle off so many different government, like uh, government involvement in all of this stuff. They've been taking it seriously for at least 100 years now.
2: Mm. Um, Dr. Michael Shermer has to get going and just a oh, yeah. minute, I believe. Right. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I just want to let everyone know he is the founding publisher, as you've heard, of Skeptic Magazine. He's also the host of the podcast, The Michael Shermer Show. He's also a stand-up guy, by the way. We've been emailing back and forth, and he's offered to come on. And uh, he's a big get, as they say in the journalism world. This guy was on uh, he was on the Joe Rogan show, which I plan to overtake one day. We all have to have goals, and I will upend Joe Rogan before my time is over. That is not a, that is not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> um, he's also, uh, Michael is the author of the New York times bestselling book, why people believe weird things. I definitely do, but not about aliens and the believing brain. Uh, Jennifer here says, what would Carmela say? W I love this WWKS. I got to get a shirt made for that, for, mm-hmm. uh, the, sh- the merch store. But as you guys all know, cause I, uh, plugged it, uh, and my mom is horrified when I do, I am just wrapping up a book, um, about, it's a, it's, the subtitle is a brutal, brutally honest conversation about life with my mom, a Holocaust survivor, a licensed therapist, and my podcast co-host. And at the end of the book, she says, "What the hell do I know, Joel? I'm just an old lady. I don't know anything." So that's the big day. Um, Michael, where do we go next with um, in particular this Dave Grush story? Uh, as you mentioned, Michael well, is involved. No. Um, will there be hearings? Will we get to the bottom of this?
1: Uh, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I'm tired of talking about people's credentials and, you know, eyewitnesses who said they know somebody who saw something. Let's just expose it. What have we got? And again, I don't know what I don't know. So, you know, maybe there's government secrets that I'm not supposed to know. Or you and I are not supposed to know. Who knows? Uh Paige is right. I mean, uh, you know, writing my, my conspiracy book, you know, there's a ton of stuff that the U.S. government lies has lied to the citizens about that's know, what the Pentagon Papers was about Daniel Ellsberg just died, and uh, the Afghanistan Papers, extent to which the government lied to us about how the war was going in Afghanistan, and all the whistleblower uh, stuff with the WikiLeaks and all that, just tons of stuff. You know, not, and not just Republican or Democrat, all administrations, uh, and all government agencies lie. So of course that doesn't mean that 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 your particular belief about what they're lying about is true. It just means we know they can't always be trusted for sure. So I, I am hoping somebody uh, in the power or position of Marco Rubio can do something about it. But uh, I'm not highly confident after all these decades that you know, Bill Clinton famously said, I'm going to get to the bottom of Roswell. And then, you know, we just never heard about it. That, <laughs> that's usually what happens with these stories. It's unfortunate. I'm you know, tired of hearing about this. Let's let's get to the bottom of it and expose it. I see now uh, on my just checking my Twitter feed that, um, you know, we have this last final one percent of uh, documents related to JFK assassination that, you know, administration after administration has been promising they will release. And Biden announced last night he will not be releasing them after all. So it's like, come on. <laughs> Here's my surprise face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes so, so you, know, you know It's not just Trump or Obama. It's Biden. It's everybody. You know, they. We're going to do this. And then they don't. Why? I don't know why. you know, maybe it because it exposed the CIA was involved in the assassination of JFK. More likely, in my opinion, the CIA has done a lot of embarrassing things, uh, you know, rigging uh, elections in foreign countries, assassinating foreign leaders. You know, maybe it's something like that. And they just don't want our allies to know that we've done shit like this. I don't know. But, you know, come on, just release it. And up Michael, when you uh, when you release your next
2: book uh, on these conspiracy theories, uh, we can talk JFK. And I promise I'll give uh, I'll give Scott Roder Xanax. <laughs> <And> I'll,
3: <laughs> go I'll go. I'll go. All go right.
2: Well, Bye kind of like, Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it very much. All Thank right. you. I'll be Good in touch offline. All Thank right. you. Bye, um, guys. The rest of us we can stay on if you're, if you're down to stay down a couple of minutes. Oh, stay yeah, on I'll a couple of minutes here. Yeah, let's I'll see talk if to
4: uh, goes all night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Paige, to you, same question, I guess. Where Where do you think this all goes next with um, David Grush? I mean, I, I kind of anticipated Michael saying what he did say, which is David Grush appears to believe everything that he is saying, but it also appears to be, in a legal term, uh, hearsay, right, uh, that he's getting it from other people, not mm. direct evidence. So how problematic is that in your opinion from, from as a lawyer, I'm talking about. now?
4: Um, it's not problematic at all in my opinion, because there are so many other witnesses to back him up. There are plenty of other individuals who have already testified to Congress about their personal firsthand experience with this stuff. Um, so Dave, I mean, I again, I don't know why they decided to put him out into the media. Maybe because he didn't see this stuff firsthand, but there are um I I don't know if seeing it firsthand is going to be enough for some people because even when I had mentioned that earlier, I mean there are plenty of individuals who have seen this stuff firsthand. Um plenty of individuals who have testified under oath to Congress about this stuff already. So in, in my opinion, um we're past the point of do UFOs exist? I mean, the government has not only come out recently and said that they they exist. They've said that for years now, they've been involved for a hundred years now. We we don't even need, at that point, or at this point, we don't even need to talk about that. In my opinion, we need to talk about why why has it been hidden from us? What aspects are really involved with the government versus what aspects are being controlled by other entities that are not necessarily government- Um, and what does that mean for us? You know, I mean, what is the technology if, if this technology is available to us, or if this technology, like Michael said, is in fact our governments or, you know, what does that mean? And what does access to having that technology mean for the general population? Mm. Um, and so I think, again, I, what I want to see is one, the stigma of all of this just has to stop if we're going to get anywhere. You know, it's just like it, you can't. It's all made so laughable. It's easy. It, it makes it that much easier to ignore. But rid a good point. To, yeah, well, I,
2: mean, I, I, I kind of, I make it maybe a dumb analogy, but prior to the pandemic. You know, that show Doomsday Preppers was huge and everyone that I know goofed on that show. You know, people are stocking up and all of a sudden the pandemic hits and those guys don't look so crazy. And it brings me back again to the early Art Bell days. I was like I said, I was just listening to an episode. It sounds kooky. It sounds wacky. But Mm -hmm. uh, I guess the lesson that I am learning is you've got to keep an open mind. You just don't know. And again, it is hard for the human mind to wrap around the fact that this is an infinite Universe, it goes on forever and ever and ever. So, there's got, in, in my opinion, got to be some other life form out there, uh, doing know. something. I don't know what they're up to, but uh, maybe they're visiting Earth. Just so you guys know, Space Coast, he is my brother in law, he is the chief technical officer's <laughs> brother. He makes perhaps the best comment of the night here. <laughs>
4: Zuckerberg might be an alien. Yeah. I don't, I don't disbelieve anything. Everything is possible at this point. That is, that is what my overall take has been from all of this is that there is nothing that I think is impossible at this point. Um, whether <laughs> well, it's the the hiding or what, what has and hasn't happened. I, Nothing is possible, impossible at this point.
2: He, he's from my home state of New Jersey, where there are a lot of aliens. I wouldn't be surprised uh, <laughs> if he was an alien. But shout out to Space Coast and the CTO, the chief technical officer. Um, someone well, said, Scott Roder that there's no way Joan Jett believes in aliens. Do you think she does?
3: <laughs> I don't know, but I just saw her in concert in Cleveland. And she's 60-some years old, and she's still... Rocked the house down. It was amazing. Uh, I mean, I'm 53. So uh, when when I saw Joan Jett back in the 80s, you know, uh, I fell in love with that uh, style of rock and roll. Right. And I saw her again just two months ago, I guess. And she was still fantastic. And she probably believes in UFOs. Yeah, maybe. You know? Broder, you and I are the same age, and I'm
2: thinking I'm going to get tat sleeves just to piss off my mom. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, yeah, page,
3: this was tat- an evolution over 20 years. I started <laughs> getting one by one, little by little. Yeah,
2: it it grows. Um, page. Th- this is interesting to me. This is I, I was looking up some you know news of the day. This was in a publication, I, and I should have written it down, but I didn't. Um, in a fairly reputable one, and it talks about Republican Congressman Mike Gallagher. He's from Wisconsin. Again, a United States. Congressman, a sitting congressman. Um, And he has raised, quote unquote, unconventional theories about UFOs. He was on the Pat McAfee uh, show and suggested that unidentified flying objects could be part of an ancient civilization that has long been concealed on Earth, but is just now starting to reveal itself. Um, The bigger question here is what about the fact that people in the higher levels of government are now coming out and, you know, telling us their quote, you know, some of them are telling us their real feelings about certain things. And to some, it sounds a little uh, wackadoodle. What what, what do you make of this?
4: Again, I think it's a stigma. I think, well, politics in general, it's going to come down to money, whatever side you're on. Um, If you're wanting to get certain votes from certain sides, you have to stick with the story. Um, but I think in general, it's also just the stigma of everything. Um, and people being concerned about whether or not to come forward. I mean, again, you, that I've seen claims that people want to make money and what, like whatnot. No, <laughs> anything that, anything that I've seen so far in any of the research I've done, nobody has a good time when they come forward about any of this stuff because it's an, it's, it's stigmatized, but. I think that more and more people will come forward because like I said, there are currently as we speak and they have been um, all year now giving their testimony under oath to Congress. So it's out there. So for any skeptic who, I mean, they, you just need to look, it's out there. Um, And there's also been a lot of involvement with presidents over 50, 60 years at this point. So again, I mean, it, it's all there. The government has been involved in, for a long time. Their involvement varies, I think. And it really, I mean, it's going to depend on the narrative that you're following because there is a lot of information out there, but to say that there's no government involvement or that they haven't known what's going on would be false. Um, but how much is pocketed and who has what information is what's relevant. And so all of Congress is now hearing all of this testimony and is able to come forward with it. A lot of them have had no idea what was going on or had no idea what our government was capable of or our military or the corporations that help run this country. Um, you know, they, their involvement, uh, there's just a lot there. Um, and I think that if, if, to prepare for what could potentially come out. um, It just start looking really. I mean, looking into it because it's all out there. I I went into this having zero thought (laughs) that I would believe any of it. Um, I never did. And
0: Paige, what about the, um,
2: you know, it's interesting because you said you are a huge true crime fan. This is a true crime podcast. What about the intersection of true crime and this world? Um, How do you see them intersecting?
4: well exactly like this i mean <laughs> pointing to the evidence showing people you know it's not it's not two separate things it's an interest and it it i mean it all commingles and everything because if you look at part of why i got so involved in it was because i was getting frustrated with the system and every situation it seemed broken and then you find out more and more about the ufos and the technology and everything that's involved there and you realize all of this could be fixed. This could be, we could be in a much, much, much better situation than we are right now. If people just started paying attention to what actually matters and for whatever reason, what actually matters, this topic, what stems from this topic, um, things that our government has been involved in for years, but it's portrayed as weird or, you know, it's all there. Um, And it's available.
0: Hmm.
4: And you just, you just have to, be the one to go out and find it.
0: And we're, we're going to,
2: Scott, I'm going to let you jump in in two seconds, and we're going to continue to follow Paige uh, as she develops this uh, group of attorneys uh, and other legal minds that are going to start to examine this in more depth. Bridgewater says, always be skeptical of the government, followed by Michelle, who says, I believe the Navy and Air Force pilots. Um, Scott, I was going to ask you, in 2021, the Pentagon released a report on UAP. Uh, they found more than 140 instances of, of UAP encounters that could not be explained from your perspective as a guy that likes to reconstruct things and explain them that way. um, What do you make of that, that all these different sightings just simply could not be explained?
3: Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it goes to show that the, I think the government is trying to have their cake and eat it too, to use the worst analogy ever. uh, Because at one point, you know, They're on the record, right, for the last, I don't know, 90 years of saying this is all garbage, right? Just settle down out there. There's nothing to see. Go on home and eat your mashed potatoes. Don't bother us about this. Meanwhile, they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars, if not trillions of dollars, on this subject for the last 50 years. They've off-putted, most likely, the evidence suggests, this technology to private corporations to get around FOIA and companies like Uh, You know, uh, Skunk Works and Raytheon and all these companies are private profiteers of this stuff. Very similar uh, to, I think, one of your people here on the chat brought up uh, 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 Nikola Tesla and the wireless electricity that was invented at the turn of the century when Nikola Tesla built a tower in New York City and put energy, free electricity from that tower I think somewhere in Texas, and then from there to the Eiffel Tower in France without a line at the turn of the century. But yet J.P. Morgan, that (laughs) son of a bitch, wanted to put meters and lines and make our world ugly and disgusting when we could have had free energy since the turn of the century. So Occam's Razor, yes, Paige, is Occam's Razor is what is the motivation? The motivation is money. The motivation is profit. The motivation is war mongering. And I think it's that simple
2: occam's razor look it up google it um i am not t pain uh Paige, how would you explain the ufo i saw disappearing right in front of my eyes a coworker was with me and saw the same thing do you believe they could be interdimensional
4: i do i do i think it could be interdimensional i think it could be a time traveler i think it could be our government i think it could be a secret government, I think there are a lot of different options and you're seeing all of those that do already exist. Um, But yeah, I mean, we, we have, it's been proven or I've, and I've talked with whistleblowers who have witnessed our technology that can just disappear Uh, or it's, it, the technology that is actually out there is really pretty mind blowing. Um something like it's what we have that I mean I never would have thought. I I never looked at any of this, but again, it's it's out there, it's all available. Um, and there are hundreds of people coming forward about it. So
2: Paige, I told you, look at Doxy. Please, sir, let the lady speak. Uh by the way, these comments I'm way behind. This is like from an hour ago. Um Yeah, I you're way I, I couldn't keep up, but um I knew I was gonna get it. But look, Paige has been I'm letting her speak. I know my (laughs) audience. I knew I'd get yelled at. I I told you I'd get yelled at, and I am. So I knew that.
0: Yeah, I'm Um, learning
3: something from Paige. Not the professional party pooper. (laughs) (laughs) The professional party pooper. That's that's hard. It's hard. Paige, go ahead. No
2: worries.
4: It's just frustrating to say. I mean, I just, I personally do not understand how somebody can look into this for. Three days, let alone 30 years, and then be able to truthfully say that they don't think that it it's it's happening. It, it, I mean, I just it, I have a hard time believing that. So
0: uh,
3: Bridgewater speaks then for itself.
2: does Carm believe in aliens? And I will answer for her. She says nothing would surprise me, Joel. Jo- nothing would surprise me, Joelle. So that's what she would say to this. She wouldn't. You know what? If an alien landed on my mother's balcony right now and brought her a bouquet of flowers, my mother would say thank you and go right to sleep. She just nothing, she's, she's you can't face her. Um yeah, look at this. This is actually a very good point. Carmen is a skeptic and a believer. Unique combo. She is. She's both. She's both at once if that's possible.
4: Um it is possible. I would say that I am still to this day. I mean, I will always be a skeptic because there's you what are you going to trust that's out there? You know, you just have to keep looking, but it is all out there. There are a lot of resources that are really good.
2: Look at this, Scott Roter from Ski Hat Sarah, one of my favorites. Give him a tranquil. That was early on. We're just getting. I love it. I it. love um,
3: it. Paige, to you, we've had. I just don't deal with BS, man. I mean, when somebody <laughs> comes, listen, I'm a shooting scene reconstruction expert. When some layman comes up to me and talks to me about shooting scenes, I'm going to put him back in his seat. Sorry.
2: No you're all Cleveland all the time, baby. I love it. I love it. That's all um, I got.
3: That's all I got. I got one speed.
2: Yeah, I just said to myself, holy crap, man. I I, I just <laughs> I I feel like I just landed on Mars and now I got these guys yelling at each other and I got a deal. So that was my own yeah. issue. I didn't
4: know what to expect,
3: but that was a fun start. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was fun. No, I enjoyed it. I hope I didn't uh and I do have to apologize. I was reading some of these comments, people thought I was being rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that, whatever. But you know, listen. If you're going to talk about a phenomenon, use a scientific process. He's very anecdotal in his skepticism, and that's where I'm skeptical of his skepticism.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Good yeah. good way to put it. Uh, Scott Michael says, Paige Fox, with the fox emoji, <laughs> is one cool, knowledgeable UFO lawyer. I love it. Um, Paige, to you, we've had Dr. Avi Loeb on. He's a Harvard astrophysicist. He believes <coughs> he taught an alien spacecraft way out.
0: Mm
4: -hmm. How
2: uh, I have no my meager little brain has no way to understand what he's even talking about. But using (laughs) telescopes and scientific equipment, he believes he did see this spacecraft um, in a different uh, galaxy far, far away, as they once said. Um, But he came out not long ago. He was supposed to come on the show a week or two ago, but he's been abroad. He said that we're going to start to hear talk about this um as soon as the next presidential state of the union
4: do you agree with that that would i mean again that would track with the timing of everything you have to be careful with when you, what you say and when you say it because of politics um but yeah that would track i mean there again there's a lot of different narratives out there one of them is i don't project bluebeam um with the idea of that's scary. Yeah. Like a fake alien invasion. I mean, that's one thing, um, that I, that right away was like, well, we just have to tell people about this because that's not necessarily the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different narratives and it seems, things seem to be coming, um, to the public eye more and more again with the grush stuff and then the Vegas stuff. Um, there was the disclosure conference and earlier in June. We now have this legal team. There's true crime podcasts that are focusing on this stuff, which is huge. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's coming out into the public. It's just a matter of hopefully it's handled in a way that one is nonpartisan and two that is truthful and that is for what is best for the world. You know, all humans, not because. There are a lot, of, a lot of other beings out there, but I mean, humans at this point, um, we're going to make the decisions on how to handle this. So, yeah, it's it's important to, I, I think it's coming, and it's important to make sure to keep that on the the public front, even when the election comes forward, because that's something that could be a big turn.
3: Yeah. Uh, Can I make a comment on Bluebeam page? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, in the recent bill that was written, and I think uh, a draft of it was. Uh, was uh, put out for you know public uh, you know comment. One of one of the provisions is going to be uh, kind of a call out uh, to all private corporations. If you were given uh, non earthly technology, uh, Skunk Works, uh, you know all these all these uh, corporations, Raytheon, so on and so forth, uh, Lockheed Martin, particularly, you have six months from the time the bill is announced. To give back to the government all of that technology. Yes. And that's where I'm afraid. And and it's kind of like starts with and or else. Right? Or else what? We're gonna go and storm the 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 the, the laboratories over there at Lockheed Martin and say, give me my UFO back. Uh when you've gifted it to the private industry for profiteering to sell you back weapons of war. Okay? That's what all of this is about. Instead of using the technology for Clean energy, free electricity, uh, healthy food, better medicine, better spirituality—all oh, of that world stuff. Hunger,
4: solve, solve world, world hunger,
3: <laughs> solve j- uh, malaria, solve AIDS, solve everything. All this technology. Go instead of that. Like, let's war. Let's war. Uh, that's what it's all about: mm-hmm. war versus peace, and the people who have motive for money want war because guess what? You make a lot of money at war. You don't make a lot of money making people healthy and happy. I feel like it's that simple. I hate to be such a cynic, but, you know, I'm 53. I've seen the world. You see what people are. We've proven people suck, and people with money suck even worse, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, well, and it's, I don't, I think people don't really suck, but the top 1% is definitely taking advantage of a lot, a lot of shit, and it's, it's, it's digging the rest of us into a big hole that we don't need to be there. I mean, I get it. Like, again, it's, it was a hard thing for me to grasp too. And I, but when you start looking, it's all right there. And then when, when you're somebody who has spent their entire career trying to fix all these systems, trying to fix people, you know, within healthcare and domestic violence and family law and every single imaginable area, Everybody is struggling. It's everybody. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. If you're if you associate with Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. Everybody is struggling. You're having to work three different jobs to pay rent because all of these costs are skyrocketing when they don't need to be. Well, well, I mean, what the hell are we doing when we have the technology available to us that we don't even need gasoline to be driving cars? We don't need oil. We don't. We don't need any of this. We only have it because people who are what, making money. From and what happens
3: to the what happened to the guy that invented the car engine that runs on water? Yeah, what happened to him? What he happened was, to that guy?
4: In a dying declaration, <laughs> his dying declaration, which is admissible in court, that is admissible hearsay. Was yeah. they poisoned me? I mean, yeah.
3: The in the court of law, a final death statement is considered ironclad truth. Well, mm-hmm. uh, and, well I we, mean we have,
0: there
3: are. We
2: have a lot of shows to cover. The Water Guy, we've got uh Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a bridge oh, water. An endless list. Andy School, friend of the show. Hello from Detroit, Detroit. Hit the mm-hmm. like button for Joel Wilson or was sick Phil and Scott on y'all. Uh which president came out and told their story about encountering a UFO? I know that Nixon was showing Jackie Gleason stuff, apparently, that he wasn't supposed uh-huh. to be showing. Uh, but I don't think uh, Michael Shermer would uh, like that. Uh, we're going to wrap it up in a second. Um, Paige, back to you here. So not only is you know Congress working apparently, I don't know how hard to get to sort of the bottom uh, uh, to some of these questions, but now also there's an organization that's led by pilots called Americans for Safe Aerospace. Uh, they just announced that they are launching the first pilot-led advocacy organization dedicated to UAPs. Um, It is being formed by a former Navy jet uh, fighter pilot named Ryan Graves, um, and they are pushing for policy changes and trying to figure out what is going on with all of these sightings. I assume you think this is good. Um, These are people that are coming together to try to get answers who are – in the government, I mean in uh in either once in the Air Force or now commercial airliners who are up in the skies, so they'd be the people that you want gathering information. Am, am I right about uh, thinking that you think that this is probably a good idea to create a nonprofit like
4: this? I think, it's, I think it's incredible. I think any any professionals that can come forward and make this a legitimate topic is huge. Um, so yeah, I think that's very helpful.
2: Well, listen, we really appreciate it. For those who do not know, and I didn't know her prior to tonight, and I made the grave mistake of spelling her name without an I, which I will never do again, because she barked back at me. Kate with an I. Uh, N. Fox was selected as a rising star by super lawyers, an honor earned by only 2.5% of the top attorneys in Illinois 40 years old or younger. Uh, who have practiced for 10 years or less. What all that means is she's a badass attorney at a rather young age. Um, Paige is now working actively to help prove uh, the general to the general public that this stuff, meaning UAPs, aliens, all sorts of strange phenomenon, is not only real, but its implications are profoundly connected to our everyday lives and therefore very much worth our collective attention. Uh, so, Paige, tell us just a little bit more. What are you going to be doing um, kind of on a day to day basis, in this vein, um, and what is the uh, what is the end game?
4: So, like I said, I'm working with um, Derek Garcia. He's an attorney in New mexico. Um, we the plan is to basically open an um a firm between the two of us, and we have started uh, reaching out to volunteers. we I uh, created this form for people to fill out, and we have had. 160 people respond to the form so far so there's like a whole a bunch of attorneys retired and active attorneys um investigators we have law clerks law students paralegals uh legal assistants um that are coming Need any forward. crime experts i i mean i was going to tell ta- you are exactly yes because everything that you were talking about with the uh like, you know, the Vegas stuff. That's, you can go through all of the cases that I've seen that I've, that I've, you know, get,
3: get Rotor in on it. Get yeah. Rotor in on it. I'm in I'm with you, page if you want me. I'll be there. Yeah,
4: for sure. I mean, 100%. Because again, it's just about, you know, like, that's the one aspect of just legitimizing the conversation to begin with. The other that's side right. is uh, that's more what Derek is working on, Derek Garcia. Um, and working with Dr. Greer, Dr. Stephen Greer, and the whistleblowers that he's been working with since 2001 um, on the RICO actions. So essentially, so yeah, so the people who need to come forward with the six month, you know, the six month date um, come forward now. Otherwise there is going to be lawsuits in the future. Um, and that's, that's, again, that's, that's all been dis- uh, disclosed to Congress. Um, we, our group is having our second meeting this coming Friday. Um, it'll be, it'll only be a second one because we met right before the disclosure conference. But again, there's like 180 people in the, the the individuals who have reached out so far, they're all insanely impressive and, um, intelligent. Uh, They have so much experience and I'm very excited to work with all of them. The ones that I've met already have are absolutely wonderful. Um, and I think that we can get stuff done. I mean, I think especially if between our groups, between a pilot group, between, you know, crime scene people, um, podcasters, just getting the word out there is huge.
2: I was going to say, if you need a podcaster slash ex-journalist, let me know. I'm right. game. Uh, Scott Roder, he is the man. He's the founder of the Evidence Room. He is an internationally recognized evidence specialist. He's consulted over 1,500 cases since 2001. He Employs a team of specialists with backgrounds in art, 3D modeling, et cetera, et cetera. He's also host of the podcast. It is called Crime Scene Time Machine. Crime Scene. You gotta get a hat made. I want a hat. Crime scene. I <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: got a great logo, you know. It's a little <laughs> little crime scene expert in a spaceship, right? There you go. Um, you, because,
2: got, you, you, gotta, know, you gotta put it so, on a you gotta put on a hat. Uh yeah, Zan says I can listen for two more hours, Scott Roder. Your final thoughts.
3: Uh, I think my final thought is uh, going to be uh, uh, amnesty, okay? Uh, If we're going to take this subject really seriously, right, uh, we've got to look at what motivates people to tell the truth. And uh, when you're looking at private industry or uh, institutions, uh, government agencies, so on and so forth, uh, they don't want their head cut off and put on a spike. You've been lying for 90 years, uh, ah, like, you know, Frankenstein, right? We need to give amnesty to these people for their prior dead, bad deeds of uh, hiding the ball for their nefarious purposes. And just say at this particular point right now, moving forward, just tell the truth. You get a clean slate. Let's us all be humans move forward together and work like a team. And I think if we had a, a groundswell of support for amnesty, Uh, disclosure would come a lot faster and it would be a lot truer. Just my opinion.
2: Scott, thank you for your uh, input. Thanks for uh, filling us in on the uh, backyard in Las Vegas. Let's see how that uh, plays out. Paige, thank you. Um, Thanks to Dr. Michael Shermer, the uh, skeptic of all skeptics. And Ron James, his documentary is uh, The Accidental Truth. Might, I'm going to watch that
0: tonight.
2: Yeah, I might watch that uh, tonight. Let me tell you something. Speaking of true crime, and I don't want to take us down a deep, dark rabbit hole, but I watched that HBO has a doc on uh, Jared the Subway Guy. If you want to get super disturbed and, uh, I don't know, lose all faith in humanity, I suggest watching that tonight. But um, as far as programming goes, don't watch it. I have three kids.
0: It was brutal. <laughs> oh, was tortured a while. That guy's a sick, sick bastard.
2: Anyway, um, quick programming note. Um, what does this say here? From Andy School. Best guest as always, Joel C O O and Cohen. That is Steve Cohen, otherwise known as Meve Moen. Love to carm, I will say hello to her. Um, quick programming note. Tomorrow night, live, seven PM Eastern Time, uh we are gonna do a Big show on Brian Koberger, all the latest wranglings, both in and out of court. We've got an amazing panel. Gene Fisher, the longest serving prosecutor in Ada County in Boise, Idaho. We've got Tara Malik, defense attorney. And we've got Kevin Fixler from the Idaho Statesman, the investigative reporter who breaks a ton of news related to Koberger. That is tomorrow night. Uh, and Wednesday, we're going to bring you a show on the Utah mom who poisoned, allegedly poisoned her husband. Uh, we're going to be covering that Wednesday. Tuesday, I need a 4th of July show. I'm going to figure it out. I will let you know. Follow me at podcast STS. Until then, love you, America. Love you, Chicago. Love you, the land. Cleveland. land. Until next time. <laughs>